Welcome to Gardening with Cisco, all you gardening cats and gators. September 1st. Oh, la, la. It's already September. I can't believe it, but boy, does it feel like September right there. Hey, my guest today is Nolan Runquist. He's the city arborist for Seattle. You got any question about trees, this is your day to ask him. Now, uh, before we get started, Nolan, I'm going to just, I have about 12,000 little announcements I have to make. So, uh, one is that I'm suffering quite a bit today because it's uh, Mary Rama. It's my wife Mary's birthday today. I've had to be good for a whole week. It's almost killed me. I mean, this is asking a lot, you know. <laughs> and I got her. I got her some of those. Uh, oh, what are those? Those number games you play all the time. I can't remember what they are, but they're really difficult. Sudoku's one, then there's Ken Ken. She likes that better. She says it's harder. And I got her some other one. She looks at them. She goes, these are not hard enough. You know, the woman, that, when I bought them at third place book, thought I was a genius, you know. So, <laughs> but uh, so I managed to last it out, and, and this day's almost over, and I get to be bad again, and then I'll feel better. <laughs> Hey, I want to say hi quick to everybody I saw at Arts in the Garden over there at the Bellevue Botanical Garden. That was so fun doing that wonderful tour. Thanks. So many people came on it with me. And it's fun because we go see the artists. And uh, we also, uh, I introduce, you know, I talk about all the different plants in the garden. It was a blast. So, uh, hey, and I want to thank... Uh, all the artists that I bought more garden art from. <laughs> I've already got so much garden art. There's, I, I complain about not having room for a plant in my garden. Now I don't even have any room for garden art anymore. But uh, So Katie LaRue, she makes those glass bugs. I just love those. Uh, Rose from Wish Push Designs. So uh, I'm that... Uh, I can't remember what I got from you, but I remember I liked it a lot. <laughs> and uh, Grand Bois, and uh, so that's Grand Girl's Glass, and I'm pretty positive. Oh, yeah, I got a mushroom from uh, Wish Push, and I really like it. It has a spider on it. And then Grand Girl's Glass, uh, I have gotten so many hummingbirds from her. I love those hummingbirds, so I hang them up. On my trellis over our patio, this last one is the coolest one I've ever got yet. So <laughs> thank you so much for that. And then Peter Whited from Willow Steel, uh, I got a turtle from him to die for. So that's going to go on one of my fountains, and it's this wonderful steel turtle. It's just so cool. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, all you people I saw at the Washington State Garlic Festival down in Chehalis, that was a very garlicious event, if I do say so myself. I think I'm going to smell like garlic for at least a year after just being in there, you know. <laughs> there were so many trucks and different uh, vendors selling garlic food. It was really fun, and I had a wonderful time, and it was fun giving the talk there. So thank you for coming. Hey, now, I just want to let you know, you'll see this on my website. So um, September 9 at 5 p.m., I'm speaking at an event hosted by PEO International. 
I can't quite remember what that stands for, but uh, it's the DV chapter at Lakewood Gardens in Lakewood. And so they help uh, women get great jobs and have equal opportunity. They do a wonderful bunch of things for women, and the proceeds are going to go to scholarships. This is a fundraiser. Only costs 25 bucks. And let me tell you why it's going to be so fun. The talk is called Sipping with Cisco. <laughs> Do I need to say more? <laughs> so, hey, that's going to be uh, September 9 at 5 p.m. at Lake Wold Gardens. So not only do you get to hear me give a fun talk, I hope it's fun. If I don't sip too much, it'll be all right. And then uh, also you get to walk around and see that spectacular Lake Wold Garden in fall color, a little bit of fall color. So it should be quite a bit of fun. All right, just a couple other really important announcements I need to do. That's one I wanted to let you know in Mason County, MGs in Shelton. Uh, that's the Christmas tree capital of Western Washington. Uh, they have uh, a great demo garden. So if you haven't been there, you should go. And they produced 1,600 pounds of food that all went to the food bank. Uh, this year. So uh, I just think that's so impressive. I want to let you know that. They're great over there. I love Master Gardeners, of course. I'm one. And the Kubota Fall Plant Sale happened September 8, 9 to 1. They got really great specimen Japanese maples there. So you want to get there early. Uh, hey, my good buddy Greg Butler is giving a talk at Swanson's Nursery Plants for Dry Shade. And that's uh, Saturday, September 8th at 10 o'clock, goes to 11.30. If you haven't ever heard Greg give a talk, you will just, you'll learn a ton and you'll laugh your head off if you can keep up with him. (laughs) Hey, uh, all right. Um, Just a few more. Cascade uh, Cactus and Succulent Society is having their show and sale Saturday, Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, that's next weekend, I believe, uh, from 9 to 6. And it's, uh, I think on Sunday, it's 1 to 4. So 9 to 6 Saturday. And I am going to be there before this show. You know, I'm totally addicted to cactus and succulents. So they uh, always make sure they send me a, a personal notice. <laughs> oh, la, la. But don't let my wife, Mary, know about this, whatever you do. All right. She says I've like my 150 cactus are too many already. I don't know how she could think that. Okay, I don't really have that many. And uh, the 24th Elizabeth Carey um, Memorial uh, Lecture is Thursday, September 13. And uh, it's uh, Paniodi Colitis uh, from the Denver Botanical Garden. So uh, just go to my uh, event page for more information on that. NHS plant sales coming up September 7th at CUH from 9 to 3. And that's all I got. So now we finally get to talk. All right. (laughs) Uh, Sorry I went so long. Oh, my gosh. Everything's happening at once right now. It's just crazy. Yeah, I, I as I'm driving around the, the city, I I see it looks like fall, and it does. I, you know, I see these trees that are changing color, and then I have to say to myself, well, now nah, it's not really fall yet. These poor guys are just 
really like wanting a little bit of water out there. So if, I want to let people know this is uh, Nolan Rehnquist. He is the uh, the big cheese of Seattle, our big arborist, city a, arborist. A smoke Gouda. And, uh, <laughs> but you, yeah, I saw a huge Norway maple, maple covered with powdery mildew last night when I was out on a walk. It's shocking. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff going on out there, and uh, they they keep talking about how global warming is a you know a myth. Nah, I'm 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 not sure I'm going there. I boy, I'll all tell these you. dry months we've been having. Uh, my poor rain gauge only got fourteen hundredths of an inch between July and August. So uh, yeah, yeah, and you know that rain we had a couple nights ago. It was fast and furious, but not much water ended up in my rain gauge, you know, and it's not going to soak in much if it comes right. down that fast. Right. I mean, it's getting to the point where the ground's so dry, it's hydrophobic. You put you put water out there, and it just kind of bubbles up on top, and it won't go in. Oh. All right. Hang on. Okay. All right. So Nolan Runquist and I are going to be back. City Arbors, you got any questions about trees, give us a call. And uh, it's one triple eight nine seven three Cairo one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. When we come back, Noel and I are going to talk about what all this drought is doing to our trees and what you can do to help prevent problems. So we will be back right after this ninety seven three Cairo FM. We'll get to the phones pretty soon, so Donna, don't worry. We'll get to you soon. But uh, I really uh, I want to ask Ryan, uh, Nolan right now. I'm going to still call you. Uh, <laughs> I, never, uh, I never played baseball. I'm not Nolan Ryan. <laughs> Nolan Ryan. I always think of that. So, um, so have you been seeing really a lot of problems this year? This is how many years now? At least two of really bad drought, huh? Yeah, the the summers have been pretty bad, and and the downside is the trees stress out, and then all those secondary things. We're seeing a lot of uh, bronze birch borer. Oh, geez, that's been up. horrible. That, yeah, and it's just if you keep your birches happy, you know the borer doesn't like them that much, but they're also stressed out right now because of that lack of water. That uh, we're seeing a lot more of it, even in younger trees. It's yeah, terrible. Trees don't. A lot of their defenses depend on having the adequate water going up those columns in the xylem, you know. And if if they don't have it, like if a borer gets in, they usually just swamp them with sap. But they can't do it. Yeah, there's just not enough defense there. So, uh, again, you know, we, we keep uh, – when we plant trees in Seattle Transportation – we water them for three years, and we kind of monitor them in the fourth year, and if they start looking a little sad, we'll maybe add them to our list. But we water almost 2,000 trees a year, and uh, so it takes a bit. But I'm seeing fourth, fifth, sixth, seven-year trees that are just suffering out there. Boy, and then, you know, the, you know they may survive, but 
just like you said, now they're much more susceptible to root diseases, to uh, boring insects, to weather, the whole nine yards. Right, right. So, you know, that, that's why I'm, I make my plea to, to everybody <laughs> who, who has a little tree out in front of their house. You know, if, if, if your grass, if it looks like the Mojave Desert out in your planting strip, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe, maybe throw a little, uh, a couple quarts of water out there at that poor little tree and, and help it out. Yeah, I always try, I always tell people, and I've written that article so many years, because Cass Turnbull used to always. Yeah. Call me up. She'd go, you got to talk about water those trees, you know. And uh, But uh, I always told people, and we showed it on TV, Megan and I, many a time, you know, put a soaker around it. Start right at the trunk where the soaker attaches. Go out in concentric circles and let it run a while because uh, it's got to penetrate all those dry roots. The, the ground won't even take water when it gets that dry. Right. And in most of those you know the delicate feeder roots are all up in that top foot of of uh, soil. So I mean, if if you get a young tree, they just haven't been able to develop a root system that goes down deep enough into the soil that they can you know keep pulling stuff up that's further down. Yeah, foot deep. There may be no water at all right. in that zone. And then what's the tree supposed to do? The poor guy. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> I feel sorry for all those poor things. Oh, so do I. Well, what do you think about this time of year? Is uh, you know, is it still will it still help to water your trees now? Absolutely. I mean, if, if you get water in the soil, uh, it, it keeps those younger roots alive. And, and, and obviously, you know, we're <laughs> we're coming up to that season where it, you know it rains rains all the time in Seattle. <laughs> but uh, you know. Kitten those trees, even if they're starting to go into a little bit of fall color right now early, that's the tree's defense and yeah, not that's... having enough water. And so uh, I, I don't think they're going to pop new leaves at this point, you know, when they, if they're going into fall color. But if yeah. you have a tree that's just crisped up and is absolutely brown, you might be able to give it a good soak and, and get it to come you might back. save it, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I get a lot of emails now saying, you know, to – the tree, the leaves on my tree turned brown and shriveled up. Will it come back? <laughs> you know, a lot not, of times, not it, if you don't water it. <laughs> that's exactly it. Watered it, tweedle out of it. You're going to find out one way or another early yeah. in the summer if that happens. It might put out new leaves, but like you say, probably aren't going to put out any new ones now. Chances are right, and and that there's there's a little bit of uh, danger in you know getting it to start doing a bunch of new growth and everything because then it won't have enough time no, to yeah, harden off for the fall. That's hard but, too. So, you know, it's it's, it's we we're, we're we're starting to walk that fine line, you know, that it's it's uh getting to the point, but still I think if we get a little bit of water on things can't uh, hurt. Yeah, absolutely not. And you know, you see these conifers now thinning out when you're driving around or walking around and boy, those are going to be really taking a beating now and it's I mean, there are some, like uh, somebody called the show and said that all around where they live, I can't remember if it was in uh, Sammamish or wherever it was, they said uh, a lot of the hemlocks are starting to kind of get off green color and look really bad. And, you know, I mean, sometimes I don't know how you save a giant native hemlock that's out there, you know, but... uh, we're going to be paying a big price for these 
this drought. Right, right. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things we're trying to do is, is figure out uh, we're, we're increasing our efforts to count our trees out along the street, figuring out just exactly what we have and then what we need to do if diseases come through or something like that. Wow. And uh, we're, we're seeing uh, almost 25% of the trees out there are maples and 25% of them are cherry of some kind. Oh, really? And so wow. there's half of our trees with just two types of trees. <sighs> oh, boy. And, and oh, they're sitting ducks. In. Yeah. Yeah. So so basically we're we're saying, well, you know, great, you want to plant a maple. Maybe maybe talk about something else in your neighborhood or whatever. Let's get some diversity out there. Yeah. And then we're trying to suggest trees that will do a little bit better with dry conditions. I mean, our poor native trees, uh, you know, native to the Pacific Northwest like like water. Yeah. And so if, yeah, if our summers get warmer and drier, we're going to oh have to make some changes. Yeah, that's really difficult too. So yeah, you know, I I don't know in Nebraska did you have the big American elms? Yeah. Growing up. Yeah, and so oh, we got to take a break. But okay. yeah, and I grew up with those. We that's all we had in the whole city. I grew up in and there's like one left or yeah. something, you know. All right, listen, we're going to take a break. We will start taking your uh uh, phone calls when we come back. So, Diana, you'll be first in Clinton on 97.3 Cairo FM. Okay, we're back. Hey, we're going to go to Diana and Clinton right now. Hey, Diana, what's going on? Well, Cisco, um, I've got about 12 nests, and I think I have 10 cat pillars on my um, apples, um, on the apple trees, but this is a large walnut tree. And the nests, some of the nests look like they're about four feet long, and maybe a circumference of 12 inches, and there, it looks like it's eating the leaves. Yeah. Do you know what this might be? Well, I have good news and bad news. Okay. <laughs> it's fall webworm, and it's a, it's a, a moth that lays oh. its eggs in the fall. But there's good news about this, because fall okay. webworm lives inside of its uh, big web it makes. Okay. So if there's any way you can cut the, the whole web off, you've got them all in one shot. And they oh. rarely do very much damage. Is that what you usually find too, known? Yeah, the fact that they are eating leaves in the fall uh, basically means it doesn't hurt the tree that much because the leaves are going to be falling off here pretty soon anyway. So... Uh, uh, right. They they suffer a lot more if it's a spring type web worm. Yeah, yeah. And so if you if you can cut them off or squish them, you know, do some El Kabatsky pest control. If you squish them, hold them far away, they get pretty big and they make quite a splat. <laughs> oh, no. oh, oh, okay. Yeah, but you know they're not that serious. Usually, I've seen them kill like a branch or two on a tree where they've just stripped it off, and but generally the tree comes back fine. And uh, just so they're not something you have to panic about. But if you can get right. them off, you know, 
Uh, you can just pull the web off with uh, caterpillars, but you, you better wear some good rubber gloves if you do oh, that. Oh, I that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of a messy proposition. It is. Okay, well, thank you so much. I appreciate um, the um, answer and solution. <laughs> Well, I appreciate the call, and so all you people out there, you may be seeing these webs. They they hit a pretty big number of trees. I I see them in fruit trees a lot. Walnut tree makes sense. They'd be Mm -hmm. up in there. Most any kind of deciduous tree they can probably get into. Pretty much. Yeah. Interesting. All right, Diana. Thanks again for the call. Oh, thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, and we will now, we will go to Judy in Gig Harbor. Hey, Judy, hi. Yeah. Hi, Judy. Thanks for getting to the call. Whoops. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Let's see if, all right, hi, Judy, are you there? Oh, okay, well, I don't think Judy is there. <laughs> we'll see. If she is, we'll get her. Okay. But, uh, but hey, uh, so you mentioned that uh, you recommended more trees that could take drier conditions. So I thought that would be really wonderful to give some people out there an idea what those are. So if they're planting something and they don't want to water too much, but no tree, right. even a plastic tree will die if you don't water it sometimes, you know. That's right. Unfortunately, we, we, you know, people a lot of times will think, well, we, we put the tree out there and, and it's just going to take care of itself. And, and unfortunately, for the few, first few formative years, it's, it's <laughs> not going to do that. So we kind of have to, if we're going to get them going here, you know, we, we have to help. Okay. So uh, basically, uh, what we're recommending is uh, uh, trees, uh, actually swamp trees. Ah. do pretty well. Like, we, for example, you know, pin oaks are, are a swamp tree. Red uh, maple yeah, is a swamp yeah, yeah. tree. Yeah, we use those at Seattle. You and they were tough trees. Yeah. And uh, there are a lot of hybrid elms out there. Um, Nissa is a, is uh, a Nissa, pretty, which is, what are they, Tupelo tree. Yeah, Tupelo. Yeah. It's, it's a very cool uh, tree. United States tree, but there is that Chinese one, too. Uh-huh. So I mean that's that's what we're looking for things with waxy cuticles that uh, that'll yeah. uh, you know cut down on the transpiration and and uh, we're trying a lot of different things uh, again if it's if it's tough and it's like a southwestern tree or something like that that may translocate up into this area you know problem of it is, is <laughs> it, if you have moist springs and moist falls that might kill them too it, well sometimes you know sometimes uh, a tree <laughs> that does well in a dry area. Has other oh. problems. Oh, so, boy. So do, do, is your, I think your caller might be back here. <laughs> uh, yeah, all right. We're going to go to Judy now. We lost you for a little bit, Judy. We got you back. Oh, you know what? I didn't think it was. You, I was going to get on so fast. So oh. <laughs> anyway, Cisco, thank you. You guys are talking about trees, and I've talked to you before about uh, my beautiful uh, specimen pines that are dying and things like that, but I don't think it has anything to do with water. I think it's some kind of a disease. But I, what I was calling you about is I bought these gorgeous planters with uh, canna lilies in them. Oh, and so they're the- gigantic, and they've even <laughs> still been sending out big uh, spikes. And I'm hoping that you can help me uh, figure out how to winter these over. And so what color are the flowers on your canna lily? 
I have uh, one that is red, one uh, and two of them that are orange. And the ones that are orange are have the uh, light kind of limish colored leaves. And uh, I have some that are the dark uh, reddish leaves. Okay. These are not easy to overwinter. You, um, I know. Now, in Gig Harbor, do you live really near the water by any chance? Uh, it's not too far, maybe maybe uh, a block or so. Hey, that's going to help because you're going to be a warmer than we are in Seattle. I'm at 500 feet in Seattle, and those cow lilies can be a real challenge. So yeah. you can you can risk leaving them outside. And if they, uh-huh. if they, after I give you this advice, if they die, tell everybody <laughs> that Ed Hume gave you this advice, okay? <laughs> Ed's oh, a good sure buddy will. of mine. But uh, so here's the thing: uh, if if you cover them, they need they need a spot. Are they're in containers? Yes, and we uh, do have kind of a protected deck, oh, but we help. face uh, we face south. Okay. So stick them on the protected deck, and then uh-huh. what I would do, you got two ways you could do this, but I think in a in a container, you usually have really well-drained soil in there because, you know, yes, they, yes. that's the potting soil they use. So chances are you could either cover them with something like Remay to keep it just a little bit warmer through the winter, and that'll help, or... What I would do if I were you, I'd cut about a million fronds off our native sword ferns, and I would go ahead and cover the top of the container a foot and a half or a foot tall with those things and stick a big rock on top so they don't blow away. And what that'll do is it'll keep them really warm in there, but it'll also repel the water because it rains so much in winter. That's what kills these things. Yeah, they kind of rot. Oh. They rot, yeah. So I cut them back. And, you know, I honestly thought about what you've said in the past about the fern fronds, and I thought about doing that. And uh, the, t- uh, the containers, if you want me to kind of wrap the whole container and the top, uh, pile it up with those fronds. Well, you don't have to. Well, that would be great if you did. But uh, how how wide is the container? How big is it? Oh, I would say maybe uh, maybe two feet. Okay, if it was three by three, I wouldn't worry. Two feet, okay. yeah. You might you got to figure out some way to insulate that. So you could okay. get some insulation, put it around it, just something. Because if it gets freezing, it'll go right through yes. that pot, freeze the roots, and it's goodbye, Charlie. Well, I could be like you, and, uh, you know, we none of us can park in the garage in the winter because <laughs> we've got it full of plants. I could take them out in the garage. Yeah, you could. You can just stick them in the garage. You'll have to give them a little water now and then, though. Yeah. So yeah. on the holidays, give them a light drink. Just make sure the soil doesn't get, you know, uh dusty, dusty, dry, then you're in trouble. Well, these are so spectacular. I hate, you know, there's a woman downtown here. She is right in the harbor, and I stopped in at, she had the darker-leafed ones, and hers were just lush and beautiful, and she says she just kind of cuts them back, and they come back every year. 
So I don't know. I'm going to give it a whirl, and they're so pretty. But I do want to tell you, Cisco, I'm the oleander lady, and I bought another one that was uh, trained into a tree, uh-huh. and I wintered that over in the garage. And it's so loaded with uh, the light pink blooms, this Whoa. one. And the ones that I have down on my wall, the south-facing wall, uh, they're the darker pink ones, but I just want you to know that maybe maybe uh, I'm in a class like you if I can do these things. <laughs> you are. You have a green thumb. I got to run, but you have. You just won the Golden Brussels Sprout Award in a week for keeping that oleander going. Hey, Judy, thanks. Let me know what happens, okay? Bye-bye. All right. Right back, 97.3 Cairo FM. Okay, you know, if somebody called this second, you'd get right in and we'll put you on. But if we don't get any calls, then uh, we'll just keep chatting about trees. So, uh, so I guess one of the big questions I have is, you know, because you're seeing trees all the time, more than anybody. I be, you must dream trees, you know. My wife says that at some point I'm going to die because I'll be looking up at a tree and I'll drive into one. <laughs> I can see it. I really can. So, you know, um, we, we mentioned watering, and that's the key thing. I mean, uh, you know, with if this drought continues, you know, year after year now, and we keep getting warmer, if you don't water your tree, you're probably going to lose it, you know, just about any kind of tree. And, you know, but also there's other things we should be doing to take proper care of our trees, huh? Well, yeah, I mean, as we're getting into the fall storm season and everything like that, uh, it, it's always, if you hadn't had your tree pruned for several years or whatever, it'd probably be a good idea to to have a certified arborist, you know, someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah, that's uh, the main thing, yeah. certified arborist, uh, you know. To, to, you know, take a look at things and, you know, it. Uh, I I'm don't really – you know, subscribe to the wind sail theory. No, I don't you know. either. That was very popular for a while. We should tell people what that yeah, is. And basically what it is is you, you, you remove a whole bunch of branches out in your tree to reduce the the wind uh, force sail there, up yeah, there, the wind sail. And uh, you know, I think, you know, the branches of a tree kind of absorb energy and work together. And so if you take too much out, basically you're – defeating the ultimate function of that tree. And so Yeah, and they can't make enough food. You take yeah. too many branches, you're reducing their food production. Right. And, right. So if you're if you're worried for branches to to break out or something like that, sometimes a little end weight reduction can help. You 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 take the tips back a little bit, uh, cut to a lateral branch. Total sense, yeah. And and that way it reduces the leverage uh of, you know, possible things breaking out. But you know, having somebody who knows what they're doing take a look at your tree. It may need a little bit of pruning. Uh, if a tree just recently died, we don't necessarily think that it's immediately a hazard or whatever. But you know, we have to look at why it died too. If, if, I, yeah. if it died because I cut all the roots off, then I might be worried about it falling <laughs> over. So, but you recommend, as I do, I assume that if the tree's safe and in a good place, you could leave it as a snag. Absolutely. Yeah, I, we don't see a lot of that between the sidewalk and the street. Obviously. No, and that's probably not the best place to 
try and do that, huh? Right, but in Greenbelt areas <laughs> or even in your backyard, and I have a I have a snag up at you my house. You got one? Yeah. I absolutely. wish I had one. I love it because you get all those woodpeckers yeah. and cool birds and critters. I had a pileated woodpecker on there this summer. Oh, how so fun. It was very cool. Yeah, so that that's a reminder, though, that if— you know, if if because you didn't water, it's not a total loss. You might be able to leave a really cool snake, and uh, they look cool in a in a natural looking yeah. garden. You know, yeah. My backyard is an altar. You, you would you would reel in horror if you came into my backyard. It's a jungle out there. <laughs> but that's pretty fun, you know, and uh, and it's lower maintenance. You just, just kind of leave native trees and let them do their thing yeah. and. And, you know, a lot of times I like to tell people, you know, even if the top of a tree comes out or dies, it doesn't mean the whole tree's dying, you know. Right. At, at, well, go ahead. Well, I mean, one of the things, we we uh, don't usually let trees get removed, uh, along the street anyway. We regulate all of those street trees, and so you have to get a permit from the city it's good of Seattle. to let people know yeah, that. To, if you want to take a tree down between the sidewalk and the street or out in the right-of-way, you're supposed to get a permit from the city. And uh, our ordinance basically says there are, you know, the, the reasons you can take a tree down is because if, if it's a dangerous tree, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, dead or, or uh, split apart or something like that, we let them go. Uh, we don't usually let trees go just because, Mike, a, a branch or two falls out or something because that's, you know, trees do that for a living. They, that's the way it is out yeah. in the woods, you know, and uh, those trees may be living in the city, but they're still a tree, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and so there's a lot more pressure on trees in the city just because they have to make do next to people. Yeah. And the only reason we do things to trees in the city is to help them live with us. And and so uh, I, I basically have probably a more liberal risk management theory <laughs> than a lot of folks. You know, I, yeah, I don't they, I don't like to see big trees go away because it takes decades, decades, uh, you know, to get them back. A, they're a whole city for critters and creatures and beneficial insects and birds and so many wonderful things. Yeah. You hate the thought of losing them. Yeah, you hate to have that awful nature. You know, <laughs> out there in the city, but uh, you know that's one of the things. It's it's uh, nature's messy sometimes, and so you know we we just have to live with some things and rake some leaves and have a good time out there. Yeah, trees are tough, but if you do see a tree start to look like it's it's not the right color, you're noticing it thinning out. I call a certified arborist. Have someone who knows what they're doing. Come out, take a look, give you some advice. If it's in between the uh, street and the sidewalk, can they call the city? Sure. They can call 684-TREE. Great. 684-TREE. That's well, area code 206. <laughs> okay. Well, this well Nolan Rehnquist, Seattle City Arborist. I always love having you on the show, and you have such a positive attitude about trees. We all need that. Absolutely. Keep our trees healthy. Thanks for coming on today. All right. Hey, uh, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Brian, thanks for making the show. Great. Bye.